No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God declares His people the true worship He seeks. It's not animal sacrifices, but offering Him thanks, keeping one's vows, and calling upon the Lord. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. What is worship? Is it singing? Is it going to church? Is it putting something in the offering basket? But what are these external things without a loving and loyal heart toward God? That's the subject of Psalm 50. It shows us the kind of worship that God seeks. The title is a Psalm of Asaph. Now, 12 Psalms are credited to Asaph. He was one of David's worship leaders. And this is the first one. Psalm 50. The mighty one, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. So he begins by saying, The mighty one, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth. God has the right to call the earth. He created the earth, and he's the mighty one. So if he speaks, we ought to listen. Now he shines forth from beautiful Zion, which is called here the perfection of beauty. What made Zion beautiful was the fact that the Ark of the Covenant was there. You'll recall that David took Mount Zion from the Jebusites. He called it the city of David. It was there in Jerusalem, and he brought the Ark of the Covenant there to Mount Zion, and that's what made it so beautiful. Now, God's shining forth from that place. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. You know, so many times God does keep silent, and we don't know what he's saying, but here he says, look, God is going to come. He's not going to keep silent. He's going to speak, and we better listen. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. Now, I think this thing about God speaking and the fire all around him would evoke the memories of when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, went to Mount Sinai, God appeared on the top of the mountain in the fire, in the smoke. They heard his voice speaking forth the Ten Commandments. And that experience so shook them up that after that, they said, Moses, we don't want to hear that voice anymore. In Hebrews, we are told that God is a consuming fire. And the idea here of the fire speaks of judgment, the fact that God consumes that which is wicked. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. So not only is he calling the earth and speaking to the earth, but also the heavens as well. And he will judge his people. You know, it is God's place to judge his people. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the Bible says. And he begins with his people. Like when I was a father, I would judge my own kids. I go to the store and some other kids are acting up that belong to somebody else. I don't judge them, but I do judge my own kids. <laughs> and the Lord 
begins with his own people. Judgment begins in the house of God. And so he's coming to judge his people. He says, gather my saints together to me. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The Lord wants to gather his people together. He has something to say to them. Those who have made the covenant with him by sacrifice. And we must understand that it's impossible for us to have a covenant relationship with God apart from sacrifice. Now, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the sacrifice was bulls and goats, but there had to be the shedding of blood in order for there to be forgiveness of sins to make the way of reconciliation between man and his sinfulness and God and his holiness. And in the New Testament, the New Covenant is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and that's how we are brought close together to God through sacrifice. Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is a judge, Selah. Pause and think about that. I like this, let the heavens declare his righteousness. You know, all we have to do is look up into the starry sky and consider the stars in their orbits and the the earth and the moon in its orbit around the sun and all of these gravitational laws, laws of light, laws in the universe that declare God's righteousness. He doesn't just say anything goes. The whole universe operates by universal laws, and that declares the fact that God is righteous. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I like this very personal approach. Okay, there were many nations that had many gods that they worshiped, but he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. He says, I am your God, so listen up. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, And the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? So they had their sacrifices that were ordained under the law. They had the burnt offering that would be offered in the morning and in the evening. And God says, I'm not going to say anything about that, about your burnt offerings. And I'm not going to take a bull from your house or a goat from your folds. And the reason is because I have all of the beasts in the forest. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't need any more animals from you. Now, the problem was they were going through the ritualistic sacrifices, bringing their animals, thinking that that was appeasing God. But their hearts were far from God. And in fact, Many times they were worshiping other gods and God would have no part of that. And because God viewed Israel as being his wife, it would be like if your wife, you know, brings you a meal, feeds you dinner, and yet she's having a relationship on the side when you're not there, when you're not around. And then when she brings her meal to you that she's made, she says, well, this should make everything right, right? And you say, no, it's not right (laughs) because you're not faithful to me. You see, this is what God was going through. And their worship was a sham because they were going through the external observances 
without their heart being loyal and loving toward the Lord. And that kind of worship God will never accept. And then he says, if you think that you're doing this because I'm hungry, think again. Now, some of the pagans would worship their gods and thinking that they are providing this meal for their gods because their gods were hungry. Well, God is not like that. He said, look, I'm God. I own everything. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. And then he says, offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. I love these two verses because it really shows us what it is that God desires of us, the kind of worship that he wants from us. As Jesus said, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, this is how we can do that. First off, offer to God thanksgiving. Think about all the things God has blessed you with. The fact that you're even breathing air, that you're still alive is something to be thankful for. I love a quote from Charles Spurgeon who said that if you are alive and you're not in hell, then you have no good reason not to be thankful. Second, pay your vows. You know, what are those things that you have told the Lord that you would do? Have you done them? I think sometimes our hearts are warmed in a time of worship or a particularly spiritual time. And we say, God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to give you this in my life. You know, I'm going to dedicate this. Have you done that? Pay your vows to the Lord. And third, call upon him in the day of trouble. Do you realize that God allows trouble in our lives to test us, to see if we will trust in him and keep his commandments, or if we'll trust in something else or go our own way or give in to temptation, you know? God wants us to call upon him in the day of trouble. Why? Because he will prove himself to be faithful. He will deliver you. And then you will glorify him. That's the deal. After God delivers you, then you can say to other people, look, I was in this mess. I cried out to the Lord. He saved me. He'll do the same for you. And that brings glory to God. That's the kind of worship God is looking for. But to the wicked, God says, what right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you? So God not only speaks to his people, Israel, he also speaks to the wicked who were probably even part of Israel that just weren't doing what God is telling them to do. He says, you know, what right do you have to declare my statutes? You're you're quoting them as though you're my people and you take my covenant in your mouth, but you hate my instruction and you cast my words behind you. And it's really tragic when people Ignore the words of God, casting them behind them as though they don't have to pay any attention or be obedient to the words of God. That's very dangerous. Next, he gives his charges against them. When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. So, you know, you're speaking evil. You know, one thing. It says in the the law of God, do not speak evil of the ruler of your people. Man, that is a national pastime these days. Also, he said, your tongue frames deceit. So you're planning to mislead people and then you speak deception. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. The Bible says that God hates those who sow discord among brethren and yet gossip is something that seems to always 
be acceptable. These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. And so because God didn't speak, the people thought, oh, he doesn't care, or I'm getting away with it, or even worse, he approves of what I'm doing. But God says, look, I wasn't silent, but now I'm speaking to you, and I'm going to set this in order. I'm going to show the charges I have against you. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. So consider this, God says, lest you be torn in pieces. Listen, we don't want to offend Almighty God who has the power to tear us in pieces, okay? So that's why he's saying this is the fear of God, and it's a good thing. You want to fear the Lord who has the power to judge you because who will deliver you from God's hand? And this is what he says. Offer praise to me. Worship me for who I am. Order your conduct according to my laws, according to my word. And then I will show you the salvation of God. This is how we worship God appropriately. This is the kind of worshipers that he is seeking. If we will worship him in this way, we have his guarantee that he will show us his salvation. And what could be better than that? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll look at Psalm 51. In the wake of his affair with Bathsheba, David pens his great psalm of repentance. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible